Thank you for joining us on another season of Beyond Clean, a live podcast where the cleaning industry talks about everything that is healthy, positive, and proactive. Beyond Clean is a podcast that is broadcast out of our studios inside Gym Supply in Orlando, Florida. We're always looking for guests at Beyond Clean, so reach out to me, your host, David Thompson, at dthompson at academyofcleaning.com or call us at 888-999-6059. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Now, let's get started with today's guest on Beyond Clean. Good morning, everyone. This is David Thompson. I am your host here at Beyond Clean with Ace. It is a podcast that we do live. And, you know, we don't really have a scheduled time because, you know, whenever somebody wants to talk and has something of value, I'm here to listen. And, you know, what's interesting about that statement right there is Jerry Bauer is with us today. And here in a minute, we're going to connect with him. And you know what he wants to speak about is value. And you couldn't hit on a topic that I love better than value because, you know, I've I've always said in my career that if you have something of value, speak. And if anybody here uh, knows me from any of the past, you know that I did a a little stint and tried to get on TED Talks, which that's not what we're going to talk about today. But one of the things that Mr. Anderson says in, in that whole thing is, do you have something of value an idea worth sharing. So, you didn't come on here to listen to me talk all morning. You've already heard enough about me. So, Jerry Bauer, are you on the line with us today? Hopefully so. Yes, I am. <laughs> oh, I love to hear that. <laughs> you don't know how much I love to hear the guest speaker actually speak. Well, great. All right. So, Jerry, uh, you know what? I've went to LinkedIn uh, as we all do here in business land and uh, checked everything out. But instead of me trying to tell the audience who you are, what you are, and what you're passionate about, why don't you introduce yourself? Well, thank you. Um, my name is Jerry Bauer. I live on the East Coast on Long Island, New York, and I work throughout uh, New England, basically, some of New York and up through Vermont, Massachusetts, Maine, and New Hampshire. The currently I work for a company. Uh, the name is ChemStation, and ChemStation is, is is noted for what we have is a refillable tank program for chemicals. The advantage of a refillable tanks is no longer do people have to use things in fifty five gallons and, and and then have to dispose of it. The cost of disposal of the fifty five gallon drums is actually sometimes getting more expensive than the mm-hmm. price of deliveries. But I'm not really here to talk about that. I'm here to talk about um, what I have seen in what is coming up to be in 40 years worth of me being in the chemical industry. Okay, so um, wait a minute. Hold on, hold on. 40 years. You're going to have to give us a little bit more history here, Jerry, than what you're doing today. Before you get into that, what, what, where have you been for 40 years? Well, for 40 years, uh, I actually started this by actually, and I'm not counting this within the 40 years. I actually started <laughs> out as a, as a dishwasher. Uh-oh. But if, if you're going to learn chemicals, um, become a dishwasher or a pot and pan. Actually, it was a, I started in a, in a donut shop first, and that was at $1 an hour 
And that's Uh-oh. when minimum wage was $1.60 an hour. However, they paid me in cash and all the donuts I could take home. So really, <laughs> it, it was a win-win deal. You know, I worked four, four hours a night, six nights a week, walked home for $24, and I thought I was rich. However, it really taught me a lot about the industry that I wanted to get into, and that was the hospitality industry. And then, uh, actually, the donut shop closed up, uh, actually went out of business and had to let me go. So I literally walked up and down the street, and you know the street very well. It was Manchester Road in De Pere, Missouri. Uh, I do. <laughs> I grew up on Kent Stern right next to OKVAC, OK and I walked up and down the street and put in my applications at, at different restaurants, and uh, a restaurant called Flaming Pit called me, and I went to work for them as a dishwasher. I'll never forget this. The night I came home, my father asked me if I liked it, and I said I didn't know if I was cut out for it. So now here I am more than 40 years uh, later, still in uh, a similar type business, working with chemicals, getting things clean. Yeah, what's interesting about that, Jerry, is, is a number of parallels because, you know, I started in the cleaning business because the janitor broke his legs and uh, the superintendent brought the keys to me and said, uh, I understand you know how to use these. <laughs> right. you know, so, I mean, you know, did we choose our careers or, or, or not? But interestingly enough, here after 40 plus years for both of us, we're still in the same industries. Most That's definitely. something you just don't see much anymore with the newer generations. Most definitely. Most definitely. I don't, I don't see it at all. It, you know, uh, with somebody with 40 years, they've normally left. They've normally changed careers. However, I will tell you this, and I, I mean this, that the 40 years I've met some of the nicest people. I've worked for some of the nicest people. I've been challenged. Uh, along the way, I met one or two not so nice people, but I've heard I've heard we've all had that, and I guess those people just move around. So um, now, that- now, folks, as as you hear Jerry and I talk about this, I'm one of those people that Jerry met along that path, and uh, interestingly enough, here we we got on LinkedIn and started looking at each other bios and like, oh, that's what you do, that's who you are, that's where you're at. Now, I'm not going to tell you exactly when we got to know and everything that you don't come on for that. But, you know, these are, are interesting times for us because the cleaning industry has made us actually talk a lot more. And this is one thing that the cleaning industry doesn't do, folks, is they don't talk. And so that's the reason we have this live, pod, live podcast. So if you join us today in the middle of the podcast and you've got something to say, type it in the chat. Uh, We'll take a look at it. And you know what? We may even ask you to come on the air and join in the conversation. Jerry, there's been a reason that you and I've stayed in this and still do it. And you started this this morning saying you didn't come on here to talk about chemicals. (laughs) No, I I came on to to talk about what I consider uh, value, the value of a program. Now, through my career, after leaving the restaurant industry at age 25, that is when I first started in the true chemical industry. When I worked for, uh, at that time, it was called Economics Lab, which is now Ecolab. 
they specialized in uh, kitchens and stuff like that. So I had a natural end because I had that industry. Well, because of the 40 years and because of geographic changes that have happened in my life, I've had to adapt. And by adapting, however, I've never changed the uh, adapting to what I believe is value. I have to, and not just me, the company I work for, no matter who it is, has to offer value. Because quite honestly, a lot of people just compare chemicals on a price per gallon or basically that it, a case price, price per gallon. Don't look at use costs. Don't look at all the other cons things that go along with that. So you have to be, you have to look at the value. Um, it, and as someone who has to look, uh, let's say a purchasing agent, if a purchasing agent's on, online or, or listening right now, they have to look at the best value um, before they give out a PO number, before they give you the business and stuff like that. It doesn't come down to the price of the chemical. That is only a very small portion of what the customer should look at. It frequently comes down to the use cost and even not just use costs of the whole package. The mites, the, if you would go out, if a purchasing agent or if you owned whatever, if you owned a cleaning service, you own, um, you're, you're bidding out a school district, my contention is if you're going to go out and look for the price, bring in three salespeople of reputable companies that you've heard of. They have more, they might, they don't have to have the most fanciest website and stuff like that, but three companies that preferably do have a website so you know they're reputable and then bring them in. And when you bring three individuals in, I can tell you which one is probably going to get the business sitting here probably a thousand miles away. It's the one or the one who should get the business. Please forgive me. I said the one who does get the business. The one who should get the business is the one who asks the most questions. He or she is the one who is truly the one who's involved in your business. If someone comes in and they just quote your price, they give you a song and dance, how they can beat everybody else's price, they'll come in 5% cheaper, anything like that. That is not the true value of the program. And I'm sure you have many stories on your business just like that, where um, my favorite is, is floor care. And on floor care, they someone comes in and they bid a price and they, it's a cost per gallon of a wax, a cost per gallon of a stripper. You don't know how much it uses. You don't know the square footage. You don't know how, how many coach have to be put have to be put on. You can listen to all of that. All that can be put in a brochure. All that can be technical data. But when the rubber meets the road, is how long does that floor? stay clean. There's where the value comes in. You know, as you say that, Jerry, you know, I think this is an important thing to let our audience know that, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic that is uh, going to well, run well into next year. And 
you know, with our education here at the Academy, we always talk about value. But I talk about results. You know, there's not value if there's no results. Most definitely. Most definitely. You have to have good results. And the problem is when someone puts out a, when someone looks at a price, and I'm, is that uh, the problem with chemicals I have found, and this is my opinion, and Dave, you can agree or not, and I'd like to hear what, is that <laughs> chemicals are what I call a, a, a non-core business. In other words, by that is that people don't look at their chemical costs and look at their chemical program. They frequently don't. I can go into many even actual customers of mine and ask them how much they're spending and they do not know. And are they happy with results? Some people aren't even can give you a definitive answer if they're happy with the results. I'm sure you've done this, Dave, as you walk into, let's say a nursing home, let's say a school and you go, are you happy with the results? I don't know. Well, you've already walked in the front door. The front door's is where you're supposed to get the biggest impression of how somebody's appearance should be. You really do need to work with good results and going back to floor care. And I know you've been on 10 times, 20 times, 100 times more than I have. Usually a, a demo is required, is needed. You come in, you, you strip, you wax, you, you do the different programs, you show them the different things that go with it. However, now that you've got, I love the nice clean floors you see. And I look on LinkedIn. They show you some of the nicest floors you've ever seen in the world. I mean, they're, they're, it's, it's, it's shinier than glass. The next thing coming back with the value is now you have to keep it that way. I literally have, uh, did a floor demo, did that, did everything. Woman said, you know, if he can keep up, um, you know, you get to keep our business. And I had to go back to her and told her changes she had to do within her facility to help me attain that goal. Sometimes we have to ask for things more than just a P for a PO number. In this case, the one that I'm thinking of right now, it had to do with she had to uh, the nursing home had to put a couple more mats out front. The mats, of course, are taking the dirt off the people's feet as they come in, the water, the salt, the salt water, the chemicals, before they hit that front foyer. She loved my idea. I didn't even sell. I, I, I'm not in the mat business. I didn't sell her the mats. I went over to one of her catalogs, showed her what she needed to buy. She bought them, put it in. Achieved the business, you know, warranted the business, kept the business for many years. And it wasn't so much on how I did with the wax. It was what I added to my program, the value of keeping the floor clean. Because well, you know, you, you keep saying program, Jerry, and, and, you know, this has probably been the key to my success over all the years is... You know, especially now here at the Academy, we're product agnostic. So, I mean, I don't really care what product you use, chemistry or, or machine or mats or any of that, as long as you get 
a program in that gets you a result. The value is in the result, not in the components. Correct. And I think what you're talking about this morning, folks, is this is this is we've got to think about what we're doing now with this pandemic and the chemistry we're using. It's not the chemistry. It's not the tool. It's not the person. And Daryl Hicks and I talk about this all the time in our podcast. It's the process that gets Correct. you the result. Correct. Correct. It does totally. Um, the process is what brings it all together to um, keep the program um, that you might design and lay out. Frequently, and I know that um, frequently you have a training academy. In most instances with people we do business with, we do a small training class of a much smaller caliber, of course. And we might um, hone in more on the SDS, the safety. And sometimes we don't go deep into um, actually the cleaning because the actual because I I can't I can't control the type of equipment they have I can't control different things that are outside of my element and things like that so I deal with that as well and frequently and and I I keep saying frequently but I probably really my subconscious is saying more than frequently there has to be changes and the changes are not with the employees always. Frequently, changes have to happen within the management of the facility. And oh, you're a, absolutely right. That's, and that's, that's a slip. That's a slippery slope because I, I've been asked. I can't tell you how many times I've been asked to come out and do a training class, and I come out to the training class, and the supervisor says, "Well, here's the ten people. Here's the room. Go on. I got to go make out the timesheets for tomorrow." And you go like. I mean, I have, you know, in the beginning, in my being in my career, I just went ahead and did that. Uh -oh. Well, what did I do? I, I just wasted my time is what I yep. did. Yep. And, I, you know, you try to be the good salesman. You try to be the good Samaritan. You try to be the, the person, to, you know, where everybody, you don't want to create waves. But I, I, I refuse to do it anymore. I technically have them sign an email saying you are going to be in attendance. These managers are going to be in attendance. Because it's well, you know, the managers that are getting the job done, not the poor soul who's, who's asked to do it. Yeah, so one of the things here is, is that what we do is we separated that, uh, Jerry, uh, quite a bit. Whenever I started the academy down here in Florida and took all of my years of knowledge and, and said, hey, I'm going to do something that I felt nobody was doing at the time, is I said, I'm not going to focus on training. Because early in my career, a gentleman taught me that training is something you do with a four-legged animal that doesn't know why they're doing what they're doing other than to get a reward of food. Right. He said, I've got two legs and a brain. Treat me like it. Right. And he, he said, you educate me. And so all of our classes are education classes, not skills training. And I think that is what you're talking about here. What your customers are wanting you to come in and skill train them. They didn't want you to educate anybody. Right. And I think that's the big difference here as we move through the current issues that we have. Um, 
and I, and I know folks are probably not going to like what I'm going to say right here, but you know, it's, what do I say, Jerry? It's my show and it's live and I can do what right. I want. Right. <laughs> you know, I think the pandemic has done something great for us in the cleaning industry. And quite honestly, the longer that it goes along, the more people are getting away from the immediate panic of doing whatever. And what I'm seeing now is people are actually starting to go, well, why did I use that disinfectant? Why did I use that machine? Did we really get our value out of that? Right. And, and, and what I'm seeing people now do is question, what did I spend all that money on? What could I be doing? And I think people are listening now with a different ear. Right. Oh, I agree. I mean, cleanliness has been brought to the forefront. Cleanliness within the cleanliness industry outside this, because you've mentioned the pandemic, the pandemic has, has made a lot of changes. Plus the pandemic has uh, created um, the supply chain, the supply chain of chemicals have changed. The supply mm -hmm. chains of chemicals have changed as of last night because the hurricane shutting down oil refineries, oil processing in the Gulf. So all of that plays a role. And that plays a role with, the reason I'm bringing that up is it plays a role with inventory. And the problem is, is when the pandemic happened, there were shortages immediately of sanitizers and things like that. Well, now there's, this dip, not, there's not different shortages, but there's different roadblocks or different things that are affecting the supply chain. The well, yeah, look at, all the re look at all the recalls that happened on sanitizers in the last 30 days. Correct, correct. And the reason I'm bringing this up, it, goes, it, it does tie in to the value because the value, one thing that, that we talk, one thing we teach and we talk to our customers about is inventory control. Inventory control is extremely important. Inventory control can save money immediately because I, I can't tell you the places that I've gone in and they have five toilet bowl cleaners all bought from a different company. Do they have the SDSs of it, stuff like that? Who, who knows? But then you ask to see, do they have a quad? No, I don't have any of that. So a good program or the value of a good program is somebody who's going to come in and help monitor their complete program. What I what will hurt you the most, if you don't give me the business, that's fine. I didn't, I didn't warrant the business because somebody has, I haven't shown you what creates value within the program. However, what I do suggest, and I do suggest this for all businesses, is try to pick one prime vendor if possible. I know that's not always the easiest, but I would give, it goes back to, if three salesmen come in and you're just trying to decide which one to use, you might want to look at the one who asks the most questions because he or she is the one who's trying to help you the most. The, the, the inventory, what I see as a salesman in inventory control in 40 years 
is enough to make my head spin. <laughs> I, 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 I was in a casino in, in St. Louis area, 75 different chemicals. Really? Oh, you geez. really need 75? They had a room. They had them nicely stacked and everything. They had a glass cleaner. They also had a plexiglass cleaner. And you look at them and go, what? I mean, like they, the, the carts that the, the people were pushing around had more chemicals than, than anything else. And you know the employees weren't always picking the correct one. And we can well, all the, imagine the, the problems happens there. Uh, yeah. And, and, you know, as you say this, and, and folks, we're, we're live here today right after the storm that went through um, – uh, Ida, I think it was right. Correct, correct. I uh, should. I guess I should have said that. Yes. Yes, that's okay. Um, but you know, we were facing some supply chain issues before with the plastics industry and our floor finishes uh, and chemistry out of the Gulf area. Now this morning, things are being shut down. In about another thirty days, we're going to see the second wave of issues. Add to that the labor issues that we're already having. And if you don't have an alliance with a representation for your supply chain, you're in trouble. Correct. Correct. You know, it doesn't matter if it's myself. It doesn't matter if it's somebody else. We can only, we can only help the customers that we have alliances with that have, we've worked back and forth. And, and, and quite honestly, not the person who just wants to buy one product when they're out, needs something for a fix because we can't spend our valuable resources, our delivery trucks, our time. We have to, we have, we're taking care of the, the customers that are bringing more value back to us. You know, a great example, and this didn't happen, but I, I'm, I'm suddenly thinking of my, my brother-in-law, who owns a shoe store, he's an independent owner, family-run business for, I'm going to get in trouble for not knowing, almost <laughs> 75 for 100 years. But if he's, if, if he's in his shop and there's four people, three people, and if one person is taking, you know, <laughs> I'm sure it's happened, one person yep. is taking two hours to look at a pair of shoelaces and ask 100 different questions, and then there's other people who aren't being taken care of. I'm sorry, you've got to go over and tell the person, yeah, you know, you can't help them. The chemical well, yeah, industry is getting the same way. It's I, interesting it's, you bring that up because uh, Jerry and I were talking about this before we got on air, folks. Um, you know, I own a 2005 Gulfstream motor coach that I'm now uh, not needing because of uh, my recent move to a trailer. And I've got an issue with it that needs service. And I spent the morning trying to find somebody that would service it. And there was two things. One, it's over 10 years old. And the other is we only service now the customers that we sell to and we're two months behind. I think this is what you're talking about. So it's not just our industry and the cleaning industry. Every industry is going through this same, um, I, I w I'd say, genesis or rebirth after or as we try to come out of where we've been correct correct the 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 representation of of a good alliance 
with a good salesperson or company uh, that we will show, you know, the different latest trends, uh, the late, you know, the latest uh, dispensing systems, which can really make a whole lot of difference. Um, I will get some pushback from probably many people on this is that I, the industry has always been that the chemical industry, the chemical manufacturer supplies the dispenser. Mm-hmm. After so many years, and I've given out, I, I know I've given out a million dollars worth of, of dispensers. <laughs> it's not, I mean, when you're, I, it's not hard to do. I mean, it, it's not hard to do it in all the years I've worked. You know what? My, my attitude's changing on that more and more every day. And I think it's a win-win if the customer gets involved and buys the dispenser. And what it, it, that does, it, it, it opens the, the customer has the freedom to use whoever he wants. It makes the chemical supplier be honest with them and, you know, not raise prices and stuff like that. I, I, you know, Jerry, I, it's, it's interesting as you say this, because I, I thought about this last night and I thought about this morning for some odd reason. And you bring this up, you know, my wife's in the food service business. Okay. And, and I don't see... Uh, pot and pan manufacturers giving away the pots and pans so they can sell food. Right. Right. I don't see an auto dealer giving away a car so it can sell gas. Correct. Correct. What is wrong? Well, what happened? You brought that up. I even have a note on that on a sheet of paper I have in my hand. And you had to think about this because I wrote some notes yesterday because otherwise I, I would have forgotten. Well, no, 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 Jerry, wait a minute. Now, I, you know, hey, folks, I got to tell you, we're both over 60. So correct, you know, correct. You know, we need some help. If you're right. in the younger generation, God love you. We've been there. But, you know, we need some notes. We don't need it all completely written out. But right. Yeah, but, where am I going is what you but, say, right? But but don't forget, and this goes back to the restaurant industry, is that milk companies used to give milk dispensers away if you would use their milk. Ice cream companies used to give away ice cream freezers and stuff to different companies. You know, you use their ice creams. Hey, so I, the- I, work, I work for 7-Up Bottling Company app for one period, and we used to install a, a, a soda machine on the front porch so, you, you know, you buy our soda. Right. Now, I don't know if soda companies still do that, but a lot of companies have gotten away from that. But with that said, I have found out that if the person purchases the dispenser, they have skin in the game. Do you know what they do? They take care of it better. They and I think that's it. what you're talking about. That's, now. That's I think what that's I, why yeah, you rent yeah. things now. Uh, right. Look at your vending machines. Um, you don't, most of the vending machines nowadays, if I remember right, you, you rent the vending machine. Uh, you, it's not just free anymore. Correct. Correct. So, while all I'm saying is that the the chemical industry, myself, I, I don't know if the for the industry is I'm trying to work on many more people purchasing and it's a win-win because 
I have found out if they own it, they take care of it better. If they take care of it better, it's going to work better for them. You but know. Jerry, this comes back to the same point that we started this morning with this value. The unit that is dispensing whatever product, whether it be paper, soap, even an auto scrubber that just, you know, uh, no, auto scrubber is a great big chemical dispenser. Correct. Um, <laughs> on you know, it's the, it, well, it's the largest chemical dispenser on the planet, really. Right. Correct. Uh, well, I, I'd say that other than a mop bucket that I don't even, you don't even want to get me started on that. Right. Um, but, at the end of the process, there has to be a result that somebody values. And I think this is the challenge of getting away from focusing on the commodity uh, or, as I say, the, 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 the little pieces and parts of the whole program. But we've got to look at the bigger picture at the end because – all in all, we're doing this for a reason, and I don't think a lot of these people understand what the reason is. Correct, correct. Again, if the the it, it's a, it's a bad habit of all of us where someone wants just pricing or something, and they don't want to hear about the program. But it's the program that has the value, totally one hundred percent. So are people having having more time now, Jerry, because of the pandemic? Did they have more time to listen to your presentation of the value? Well, yes and no. Uh It changed. It changed. It changed immediately. I literally, um, I was only home for two months, which I did get back out on the road uh, probably a lot earlier than other people did, uh, but. That was because I was considered an essential worker. Um, most people within our company work throughout, but because I was in sales, I could do it uh, on the phone and and you know touch, stay in contact. And quite honestly, the first the first two months, all I did was try to help people get hand sanitizer. I mean, that's literally what I worked <laughs> on. <laughs> and you know, that's that's what that's what we all were working on. That's so what I, drove it. Yeah. So then after that, uh, in my industry, uh, I was not allowed in, the, in, in, in facilities. So then it's only slowly opening up. I still have to wear a mask um, when going into many facilities. I literally converted a customer over during the COVID, sold him a program through email, through phone calls, did the whole thing organized a delivery truck, organized my service department to be there, to put in a dispenser. I arrived, all three vehicles arrived at the same time, delivery truck, service manager, myself. Service manager walked in, delivery guy walked in, the manager of the facility who who okayed the deal came out and it was the first time we had met face to face. You know, we had mask on, I don't know if we fist pumped or whatever, bumped, whatever. And he said, Jerry, I got to tell you, he goes, I'm not letting you in. I said, what? He goes, your service guy can come in, your delivery guy can come in, but we really are restricting who can come into our facilities. So, you know, I sold the accountant. I still had to stay outside. So um, to go back to your question, people are more concerned with chemicals. People are starting to open up to learn more about things. However, right now, uh, most people are, 
uh, I use the term running and gunning. Some people have suddenly gotten, uh, they have many other things to worry about. Chemicals are not the priority. Now, if they've been burned, then it is their priority. I'm, mm -hmm. getting, I'm getting a lot of that where people oh. are actually calling, emailing, saying, you know, my, other, my supply chain is broken down. I remember talking to you. Can you come in and talk to me? So the, to answer your question, the, the industry is very, my business is very fluid right now where many things are happening on a daily basis. Well, I think that's the, the point with all of this conversation today. And folks, if you've been listening to any of our podcasts, you kind of see a pattern that seems to be developing. I'm going to take a break here for just a moment. We are sponsored by Jim Supply. They are a supplier of well, all things that keep you healthy here in Central Florida. They've been in business for over 80 years, and we're very happy to be sponsored uh empowered by them otherwise we wouldn't be able to do these podcasts and quite honestly all of the classes we have here at the academy um jerry let, let's go back just a little bit if you don't mind no problem for those i, I see we have some new listeners here <clears throat> you know we were we were kind of looking at um eco lab and i think there was uh, pro clean correct you know, jerry and i i, I, I was looking at this you know, it's been somewhere in the late 80s, early 90s that we first probably met. Correct. Correct. I had been with Ecolab and um, at that time it was Economics Lab. They became Ecolab, world, a world leader in the chemical industry. I'm not going to be critical of them. They, they, they are uh, a big company. However, you know, uh, sometimes like anybody else, they can get too big. However, they're, they're, they're huge. I was approached and got to, lucky enough to work for a local company in St. Louis called Gateway Proclaim. I worked for two of the greatest owners that you could ever want to work for and uh, started out as a small company. And, and by the time it was over, I think we were in eight states. It just grew and grew, and um, it was a chemical. We were a chemical manufacturer. Now, we had gotten more into the floor care. We had gotten into more of the laundry and the house, the housekeeping because it's the dish machine that started the business. I'm not sure, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you, I'm not sure if you know this. Many companies, uh, let's just pick the largest. Ecolab started out in the dish machine business. They didn't go into the laundries till the 70s with powders. And there were other big players that were much stronger, much bigger in the laundry industry. The reason I'm saying that is even with Eagle Lab, they weren't in housekeeping and they weren't even in floor care. However, what happened was, and you know more, probably more about this than I, it was the janitorial houses that had the housekeeping and they had the floor care. Well, what happened was, and correct me if I'm wrong, the housekeeping, the, the janitorial house was selling the floor care and housekeeping, had it wrapped up. Well, they got smart and said, you know what? We're leaving money on the table. We're going to go after the kitchen and the laundry now. So they brought in programs they went for the kitchen laundry. Well, suddenly you wake up one day, and this is what you call adjusting. You have to adjust. You wake up one day and you say, I'm losing business to the janitorial 
facilities because I don't know floor care and I don't know housekeeping. So I better quickly learn. Ecolab <laughs> Slo- slowly came out with a housekeeping program. However, really at that time, never even came out with a floor care. When I was with Gateway ProClean, they went into housekeeping, they went into floor care and went in big. And the reason being is we had many nursing homes. Again, if you're taking care of a nursing home, if you got the kitchen, you have the laundry, you better take care of all of it. And it's like any other business. If you don't take care of all of it, you're going to lose it. So I was in. No, go ahead. Well, I, I think it's interesting as you say this, because I'm thinking back to our, our conversation about value. We've both kind of moved uh, uh, around a bit. You know, I was in St. Louis at the same time. I sold the Ecolab products. I remember when dispensing control came out and, oh, gosh, the chemistry industry was like all upset because, oh, well, we couldn't sell 55-gallon drums anymore. We're going to sell these little small boxes. <laughs> uh, you know, you're going to push control it or, you know, we're going to go out of business. Right. And and now you're talking dispensers. You know, the the independent Jansan house hardly keeps an inventory of a drum of anything anymore. Correct. Correct. And that's how the industry has changed. So the value changed along with it. Um you know, there used to be a time where you couldn't sell a gallon jug or ready to use. And, uh, you know, in my podcast that I did here a couple of weeks ago with a couple of gentlemen, you know, we got to talk about dispensing systems and chemistry. Did you happen to listen to that, Jerry? No, I did not. Well, I'm going to hit you with something here you may not be <laughs> ready for then. Go but ahead. hey, folks, it's live. We'll see how Jerry reacts. Aha. Um, you know, they were talking about chemo- chemistry and dispensing systems. And the the issue came up in the conversation with biofilms that build up in our uh, spray bottles or delivery uh, bottles because people are just topping off and never cleaning the bottle. And so a biofilm builds up. And this goes back to, okay, well, I don't want to waste a chemical because I, you know, we, you know, and I'm like, folks, you're trying to, the value of the disinfectant is its ability to control bacteria and viruses on the surface. So what are you more concerned with the price of the, 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 the bottle of chemical or the value of the outcome? Right. Well, that's, I mean, I had not heard that before. But was the recommendation then to buy stuff in quart bottles or well, to – because Absolutely. This came up in the conversation with the listeners at the time is, well, so then what you're saying is I should buy disinfectants and ready to use. Well, well the, there's some validity to that because there's not this tap, topping off and you're not using the same bottle month after month without cleaning it. But on the other hand – Daryl Hicks and and I, we talked about, well, so do you ever rinse a mop bucket out? Have you ever rinsed the, the, the tank on your auto scrubber out? Have you, you know, uh, what about a, a pump up sprayer? And I think this is the part of education that people are starting to go, okay. And back to what we're talking about this morning, folks, is this is a process. 
everything, every component makes a difference. So if you're just buying the chemical and the dispenser and you're not using things correctly, the outcomes, well. Most definitely, most definitely. And, and I was not aware of the biofilm. It does make sense. I, have, I, I haven't heard that. However, to, to clarify, I sell stuff in a refillable tank. In other words, they take a couple hundred gallons frequently. And I'm not selling in 55s anymore. And <laughs> you go back to the 55s. I'm going I'm to tease you with my story on that. But I also sell not something I manufacture. I do have different products like that in quart bottles. And I do, I have, I, number one is the dispensing of disinfectants is so extremely hard to do frequently, okay? When you're using contact, where you're only gonna put it then in a spray bottle, not necessarily a sink, there's a difference. If you're trying to put it in a spray bottle, I have no problem people selling quart bottles and we do sell for that reason of control, not for the reason of biofilm, but that, that, makes, that makes a good point. I'm gonna make sure I go listen to your podcast. And, <laughs> That, that's to me that that's only uh, 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 ammunition for me to to sell more in quart bottles, which which uh, I have a love for as well. The well, you're you're in the food service business, and so one of the things that I did is I got to looking, and you know I'm you know, just like you and I've known each other, you know I've been working for the local independent Jan Sand House all my life. Uh, that's where I've I didn't work for corporate like you, Jerry. Um, yeah, 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 and I don't want to get yeah. into that one, right? Right. Uh, okay. Uh, but, you know, the thing is, is, I'm like, okay, so I heard them talking about rinsing and uh, with soapy water and all this. I'm like, well, what do we have out there? And ironically, the food service, and, and, and again, you know, I'm talking to my wife. She goes, oh, yeah, we got, we got things. We rent. Have you ever been to a bar and they set the glass upside down on a, a rinser and it rinses the glass out? And I'm like, duh, right? They've been around forever, and and so I put that on the on the podcast, a picture. And do you know what this is? And people are like, what is that? And they've been around for a long time to rinse things out. So I, I asked somebody, so why aren't the Jansan houses selling a bottle rinser to rinse out their spray bottles if that wouldn't be the best practice? Wow, that that that's, that I, it's good good food for thought. That is, <laughs> well. <laughs> so I mean, these are the conversations that are now starting to happen, you know. And and I think this is the great thing about having these podcasts is we're all learning from each other. But I think our whole industry and everybody is now waking up to let's talk about this stuff. Correct. Correct. There's there as we come out of this, there is a lot more education out there i believe if you if if you attend it there's a lot more available education in other words the podcasts like this or the manufacturers are ramping up some of their education quite honestly and you know it doesn't matter if you're selling chemicals or if you're selling to food service you the food you're the food vendor selling steaks and the, the milk and stuff like that 
they're hiring a lot, you know, all companies hire the newer people who don't have the education and they're just selling it. They're selling it on price here. I can get you this. I think I can get you this. I think you can get this. That's why you should align yourself with no matter what industry you're in, align yourself in with uh, a veteran, a veteran, even, even a veteran company, somebody who's going to help, who's been through different wars in their life. So that, that's what I wanted to tell you. So what is your term of value? My biggest term of value is, is, is uh, to, to get the best program for your facility that meets your needs, exceeds, actually exceeds your needs with a perfect, near-perfect, finished product well within your budget restraints, what your budget is. If you but that goes back to what you said earlier though, Jerry, is that most people don't even know what the issue is. They just want a cheaper price. Correct. Some people some people don't know their price. I I will tell you this, and I I went and I took a customer recently that had a $100,000 budget for chemicals. $100,000, they told me, and my, my mouth dropped. They said, that's our budget. And I said, wow. And they said, however, we are at $160,000. And, and then my mouth double dropped open. I can tell you that as of year to date, we aren't even half at the hundred thousand. We're going to end up at the end of the year around fifty, and the reason being is he didn't he didn't know what he had until we got in and we worked with him to find out what he was doing, where the mistakes were. We give our customers an itemized Excel spreadsheet showing them monthly of where they are at. I can't, it still is, is beyond belief because I was one of the first to get an Apple IIc computer and I'm not a computer wizard. However, it's confusing to me to go into places. I gotta admit, the guy I talked to knew his price, knew what he was spending because the owner had told him he had to get in line. And I, I got out in the parking lot, I said, get in line? The guy, I mean, I'm sorry, he should have been terminated. <laughs> I hate to say that. But he, I wouldn't talk about a customer that way. He's done, moved on to, to something else. But, you know, you have to be able to know what you're spending, what you should be spending, and what your goals are for next year. I saw something great. I actually saw it on LinkedIn yesterday. Um, your best customer, and it doesn't matter what you're selling, but your best customer does, is not expecting your phone call today. In other words, call your person who you think you might be doing with next year. He might be sitting there waiting to talk to you because there's more than just the price per gallon that creates the program. Um, it, not in, in, in final, but the, the one thing I, I did want to, to tell you is at the end, have somebody who sits down with you at this time of year okay, after the pandemic, after the hurricane, and builds a program and sits and tells you 
what their continuous program is, continuous improvement. This is where you're at. This is where we want to go. What do you have on board next year? How can I help you? You know, even I sell chemicals, but if someone's going to need a floor care machine next year and they have a budget, I want them to ask me for my opinion. I really don't have a lot of different opinions, but I can lead them one way or the other to at least help them. Use the knowledge of a seasoned veteran to help them take their business to the next level. Even if you don't buy chemicals, use the advantage of a seasoned veteran is what I'm trying to preach because I sit down and work of uh, uh, benefits, uh, the, the benefits of, of a continuous impro- improvement program, what we can do for them, uh, you know, with um, future expenses, future deliveries and things like that, what grade upgrades are needed, and what they might cost. I've been following uh, some uh, chat here from our listeners uh, that are live with us this morning, Jerry. And I think it's, uh, I'd like to kind of, I know we're approaching our hour and I don't have a set time unless you've got to go somewhere. No, I'm, I'm fine. Um, but I, I think that this uh, listener has a couple of points here I'd like to kind of look at. Them. Okay. Uh, it says, perception is reality. Um, I'm going to just kind of say perception is the reality of the current, uh, paradigm that people have. But as this person also says, only we as professionals can create a paradigm shift. And I think the, the paradigm in the cleaning industry over the last 18 months has been changing but the perception that chemistry is the the end all, be all, um, may also have to change. Well, I, you know, I think the chemical the chemical and I don't know if I'm answering this correctly, but I'll try. The chemical industry, meaning the actual, I'm not a chemist, never have been. Okay, I work with some. The chemical industry is always coming out with stuff that's new and improved. <laughs> How you know? Uh, oh, I knew you were going to say. Wait, 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 wait! But did you see the pause in there? Yeah, I, did, I, did. I did a I did a pause in there on purpose because, quite honestly, new and improved, it is not improved. I'm in the chemical industry, and I will be the first to tell you. I will be the first to tell you there's a company that does new and improve every couple months on our product so that they can take it to their stockholders and say, look at what we're doing. I, it, it's just that way. Uh-huh. They, I, I, I mean, they do it for their stockholders. They don't even do it for their customers because what happens is new and improved. What happens in the, you've sold chemicals. What happens in new and improved? All right. What happens is if you if you look at it before long, you're going to realize, well, we're not selling it at the same price as the old product. Oh, no, that's because it's new and improved. No, no, I, uh, it, it's not there. I'll be the first to admit new and improved is not necessarily new and improved. Now, there are different things that have really changed within the years of, you know, uh, 
that have helped the industry very much with more use of enzymes, you know, more use of uh, the delimiting, the orange, things like that that have come in to the, the, the marketplace, you know, have helped. But some of the other stuff, you know, if, if it has a name that you haven't heard of, um, uh, you know, I, I put it this way. I'll end it this way. Not in the podcast. I'll end it this way. I'm from Missouri. Show me. <laughs> so, hey, as you said that, our, our listener wants to talk with us. You ready? Yeah. Okay. So I, I sent an invite, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. see. There he is. Hey, good morning, guys. Can you hear me okay? I can yes. hear you perfect. Awesome. Hey, Andy Reese here calling in. Um, <laughs> I can't help myself. You know, I'm listening and I'm like, you know, there, there's so much good content here and there's so much great discussion. Um, but but I'll back to my point about perception and reality and paradigm shifts. You know, as professionals, when we go into a facility and we talk to uh, our prospects and we talk to them about what they're doing in their their facility, you know, in their minds, what they're doing is correct most of the time. Unless they specifically called us in to give them a review, you know, they have a mindset. And I'll use bleach for an example. Bleach is the universal. Every oh, my gosh. Oh, golly. Here we go with bleach again. Give, give me an hour. Right. The reality is. is hey, that folks, folks, we're, gonna, we're, 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 we're not going to make the one hour cutoff day today. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. I mean, we could literally spend a day talking about the dangers and the problems with using it. But, you know, if the if the end user is using bleach and they perceive that it is working and it's a cheap value, you know, it's up to us as professionals to educate. And we go back to that education. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, when we educate our clients or our prospects, you know, we're we're giving them value to do better and to take that prospect or client and say, hey, this is the paradigm you're living in. Let me show you an alternate paradigm. And that's where that paradigm shift comes in where we provide the value and we educate. And that's just to kind of piggyback off of what you were saying is, you know, we don't train people. We're not, we're not dogs. Uh, we're educating people to do better. Right. Right. And you brought up my favorite subject, bleach. I could do a, I, you and I all could do a, a one hour podcast on just that. Uh, yeah, but, but gentlemen, here's the thing is, is it, it, and it's like you said, start with the first, Jerry, people <laughs> don't understand that they're stuck in a paradigm and that they need to change it. And unfortunately, in our industry, there are too many order takers and not enough people that are willing to go through the effort to show them that there is a different paradigm. Correct. Correct. But after they've been shown, and if they open, they have the time, because they all say they don't have the time, if they spent the time to educate themselves and look at the results on what different things can do, it, it's a win-win, you know, uh, for everybody. So, the, you know, the reason I have this podcast, gentlemen, is to get people to listen and to bring out these things to change the paradigm and we were having real trouble getting people to listen. But in the last 18 months, the podcast has just blossomed. People are listening. The paradigm is getting across. So the education component, the knowledge component 
from what I see from my view is getting better. You guys are on the street. Well, it, it, it's definitely getting better. It, it's, it's just starting, though. It's just in the baby step starting of changing is what I yeah, see. The, yeah, yeah, the knock on the door face-to-face, -face, you know, uh, so I can feel your breath on my face has changed. But the paradigm shift in our industry has been we can do what you gentlemen are doing this morning. We didn't do that two years ago. Correct. Right. Correct. And Dave, Wait, how, I, how easy was that to get on the podcast this morning? Well, look, I'm going to tell you this. You, I, I'm going to challenge you, right? Otherwise, I'll forget. You've got to talk to Andy as coming on as a guest for your next guest because. Well, if he wants to. Oh, he'll want to. Because <laughs> I, 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 I know Andy through LinkedIn. And Andy's past and my past are almost identical, okay? And I don't know who reached out to who first. And I actually, what, last week, I think I told Andy I was going to be on this podcast. And here he is. But And I said, you better listen to it. Because when I start my podcast, Andy's going to be my first guest. <laughs> okay, so so who is Andy? <laughs> Uh, well, <laughs> so, uh, come on, guys. Don't, don't yeah. keep me in the dark here. So to kind of give a background for me, uh, I've been in the chemical industry now for about 15 years. Um, like many of us, I, I got into the industry really by mistake. You know, I started my, my chemical career at a company called Swisher Hygiene. Uh, I came on at the young age of 19 years old. And I came into, basically, we were a restroom sanitation company. And all we did was run around and we did a weekly service for restroom sanitation. Oh, gosh, yes, I know Swisher. Yep. So we evolved <laughs> into a chemical company. And I was thrown into a world that I just, just I was mesmerized by it. I was, I was intrigued by it. So I took it as my, uh, it, it, call it a new calling. I, I just, I wanted to learn so much. And I, thankfully, through... You know, some great mentorships. Um, you know, I, I met a guy named Brian Bonner with early on in my career who served as a great mentor. Um, you know, I, I say when it's trial by fire, uh, when you get dropped off at a school and handed a chemical dispenser and said, here, go install this. I'll be back at two o'clock to pick you up. Uh, you've never done it before. It, it's... Uh, <laughs> It's a great learning lesson, though. And, yeah, and by the way, we don't want to pick up the dispenser with you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, uh, yeah. Uh, but but it's been a great career. Um, you know, I've, I've worked with um, I worked on the independent side. I've actually created my own chemical distribution through a local Jansan supplier here in the Pennsylvania market. Uh, but I I work for both Diversity uh, and along parallel with U.S. Chemical, which is owned by Diversity. Uh, and now I currently work for a performance food service as the chemical and beverage manager for Northeast Pennsylvania. So, you know, I'm out there on the street every day with our sales teams, talking to clients, uh, talking to prospects, learning about their businesses. And, you know, I, I will say that, you know, even though there's more attention to our industry and there's more focus on cleaning and sanitation, the problem and the biggest challenge that our industry is going to face over the next 24 months is going to be fixing the revolving door because we can continue to educate and educate and educate. But when the educated go out the back door, we're starting from ground zero again. So we're well, going to have to Andy, focus. I got to tell you, that's exactly why we have what we call a cleaning 101 class. You know, we touch on the six major areas of the cleaning industry because 
uh, I got to tell you, though, unfortunately, uh, being in this industry for over 45 years, that revolving door is not going to shut down in the next 24 months. I don't care how hard you and I work at it. Because <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, it, 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 but the thing is, I think that people are listening differently. For me, I'm not in the chemical industry. I'm in the education industry. So the value is knowledge. And that's why I went into this because, uh, you know, the progression of my career. But what I'm saying is we all have to perceive value differently than what we did before. And, and you couldn't have been better right here at the end of the cast today. The paradigm is shifting. We're the ones going to do that. And that's exactly why, gentlemen, I'm so happy that you got on the podcast with me is because this is part of the paradigm shift. Correct. Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. we're having to use technology now where the, the, the guy that went out there with a legal pad and a pen and morning coffee, while all of those things are not totally gone, they're not mainstream anymore. Right. And what I did along the same line, I, I actually forgot this till you had said that, was I, I've been linked up with Andy for I don't know how long, but our paths crossed because he worked for Swisher, and Swisher's who came in and bought Gateway ProClean out of St. Louis, who then Ecolab came in and bought Swisher, and I had to find a new job. So... <laughs> <laughs> if, you stay, if you stay in this business long enough, we all have a history to yeah. story to tell, right? But I reached out to Andy, and he, he wasn't my first, but, you know, which is, you know, we're, we're on LinkedIn, and we're, we're linked up to all these people, and we don't know them, which is foolish. So I text Andy, message him, I said, can you call me? One day, I'd like to meet, and, I, and I, what I've been doing, and I, and I haven't been doing it much, but I, Andy and I got together over the phone. I said, Andy, I'm linked up with you. You linked up with me. Let's just talk for a half hour. Well, I, we talked, and we just like we're talking now. We just talked, and um, I wasn't selling, you know, and I said, Andy, I'm not selling you anything. You know, somebody's approaching on LinkedIn. What's this guy selling me? I'm not selling him anything. I didn't want to borrow money from him. I didn't need a reference for a new job. I just want, am I correct, Andy? It's the way I approach it. Yeah. I, we, we sat we, we, and we've continued to talk. I could talk to Andy every day. It was that enjoyable because we're out here and we have the same beliefs, but some days, you know, some days you feel like you're the only one with the belief. You know, you're driving in the car and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, so Andy, um, is a great guy and that's how our paths are crossed. But going back to what you're saying, if you're people who are in this podcast, if you're linked up with somebody, reach out to them, you know, use their knowledge, learn what they're going through, learn what's new in their industry. You know, again, I go back to the, the Missouri expression, show me just because somebody says it's new and improved, check that out, make sure it is, get yourself what I call a real network. Which is so odd. I, I reached out to people in um, on LinkedIn, and one day it has nothing to do about a job. Has nothing to do with trying to sell something. I ask them a question, and they don't get back to you. Well, I thought LinkedIn was supposed to be a network of <laughs> a network of people so they could share information. If if you don't want to share information with me, why did you link up with me? <laughs> so. Yep. 
Um, yeah. Well, Andy, is- Andy, I'm not sure if you know the reason for our podcast here. You know, it is where we say the cleaning industry can talk, does talk, but it has to be healthy, positive, and proactive to come on the show. Um, I'm glad that you joined us here and, uh, and got on the podcast. And you know what? Jerry told me I should invite you to be a speaker, so you're invited. <laughs> Perfect. i got to come up with some topics of discussion that haven't been covered. <laughs> this is not the first time, folks. If you're listening to the recording of this, this is not the first time that this has happened. We are always looking for people in the cleaning industry. If you think that you've got something healthy, positive, and proactive to talk about, let's talk. Because the value is in the communication. And I think that's the part that I wanted to get to in this discussion about value is value is perceived by different people in different ways. For me, it's honest conversation because I learned so much. I talk with so many people. Eventually, you stay in it long enough, that value is going to be recognized. Gentlemen, you know, I had a a superintendent of schools one time I said, you know, why is it that you buy from me? And this is a common question that we as salespeople were always taught to ask, right? Correct. Yep. He said, it's not because you deliver faster, because you don't. (laughs) He said, it's not because your price is better, because it isn't. And I'm like, "Uh uh-oh. What, what, you know, what, they didn't teach me what I was supposed to say with all of these, you know. He's going down the list of things I'm supposed to go through that we do. He, he says, I don't come to you because you have the biggest inventory, because you don't. I don't come to you because your delivery is faster, because you, you, it isn't. I'm like, what the freak is left? <laughs> he said, because every time you come in, we have conversation And he says, over the years, I've learned that the conversation we had, whenever I need something, you've already been there and had that conversation. And I think this is what I continue to do today, folks, is let's have honest, valuable conversation. Because at some point, you're going to come back and say, that was valuable. Correct. Absolutely. Gentlemen, I appreciate your time today on the podcast. Uh, Andy? Get hold of me. Um, I, I love it when a listener comes on and then turns into a speaker for another podcast. Uh, as Jerry did, get hold of me on LinkedIn. Folks, if you're trying to get on with us, you've got something to say. My email is dthompson at academyofcleaning.com. My phone number so that you can text me is 321-205-6448. Uh, Andy, yes, let sir. people know who you are. How can they get hold of you? Uh, yeah, so getting a hold of me is pretty simple. Um, if you need to get a hold of me privately, it's just A L R I E S at Verizon.net. Uh, direct line is area code 570-898-0154. Uh, and it's I tell everybody, you know, we're, you know, we are industry professionals. Um, you know, I, I liked how you said earlier that you're not um, set on representing any specific manufacturer. And that's what I like to represent myself as well. Even though I work for a company and I'm always going to represent my company's best interest, you know, I am an industry person who is my own brand. And anytime somebody has a question, it could be about any competitive products. It could be about a general question or any type of standard or procedure. Feel free to pick up the phone. I tell everybody I talk to, even if it's a prospect that doesn't want to do business with me, I hand them my card and say, look, 
We're a value-added service. If you ever have any questions for anything, call me. Thanks, Andy, for coming on the show. Jerry? Thank you. Yes. Let me give you my name. Again, Jerry Bauer. A direct phone line to myself would be 631-416-0621. Email is... I'm like everybody else. I have a a couple, but you can get a hold of me at J Bauer, B A U E R, at chemstation.com. That's C H E M S T A T I O N.com. Or message me through LinkedIn, email me through LinkedIn, no problem. And it's been a true pleasure. Yeah. And I was going to, I was just going to say, you know, if you've liked what you've heard today, folks, uh, please like and share uh, what we've done here on Podbean Live. And, you know, we're liking everybody else here at the Academy. We're on LinkedIn, as you heard, Facebook, YouTube, um, Instagram, all of those. Why are we all there? Because that's where we help you change that paradigm we you know we're trying to bring value i appreciate the 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 topic of the show gentlemen um i'm always looking for people that want to be a regular on the show maybe we have some other conversation to talk about later on sounds great thanks for having me on thank you take care folks we'll talk to you next time until then make sure that whatever you do you keep it healthy positive and proactive good day